Hello and welcome to Adam and Dave on CJSRFM 88.5 FM in Edmonton and around the world on CJSR.com. My name is Luis Fuentes and I'll be your host for today's episode of Adam and Dave. Thanks for tuning in. Adam and Eve is Edmonton's only feminist news radio show. We're Adam and highlighting, discussing, and engaging with issues that affect women across Edmonton and around the world. For today's episode, we're going to listen to a conversation between regular contributors of Adam and Eve, Rose Siva Forrest Jenkins, Wen Chan, Michelle Dung, and Adam Marnchuk. This was a conversation regarding the book slash movie saga Twilight. In light of the recent publication of fourth book Midnight Sun, Let's listen to the interesting analysis of this popular book. So my name is Rosieva Forks Jenkins. I use she, her pronouns, and I've been uh, volunteering with Adam and Eve since 2013. And today we are here to talk about the Twilight series. So for those who don't know, the Twilight Saga is a series of four vampire-themed fantasy romance novels by American author Stephanie Meyer, as well as three companion novels. The first Twilight uh, book was released in 2000. Five, and now we're talking about the series because the last in the series, which is called uh, Midnight Sun, is a retelling of the first book, and it was released in August of this year. So today I'll be talking to my other Adam and Eve co-hosts about this, so I'll let them introduce themselves. My name is Autumn Mornchuk. I've been a contributor on Adam and Eve since 2019, so for about a year, and I'm kind of jazzed to talk about um, the Twilight Saga and a lot of different things about it. Uh, I first got into Twilight when I was in the fifth grade. Um, I had a teacher's assistant who used to give me extra homework in class because I used to go through um, my reading assignments a bit too quickly and she actually gave me the first Twilight book as some additional readings tried to, to challenge my reading level um, and I got really into them for a while. Uh, I read every book when they came out. I saw every movie except the second part of the last one in theaters. I used to wait like in line to be able to get tickets. I had a poster of Taylor Lautner as Jacob on my bedroom wall for many years. Um, So yeah, I definitely used to be into the books and the movies. uh, And I'm excited to talk about some of the issues that arise uh, in the relationships that are in these books. Um, My name is Michelle Dang. I use she, her pronouns. I've also been a contributor with um, Adam and Eve for about a year. Um, So I was first exposed to these books when I was in grade six. And I just remember a bunch of my friends talking about it. And I didn't really know what was going on. So I actually ended up like reading them back to front. So I read, I think, Breaking Dawn first. And then I read like four, three, two, one. So I had no idea what was going on. But yeah, I ended up reading all of them. And then I watched all the movies. And um, over the summer... Midnight Sun came out, so my friends and I kind of, we we were hit with this, like, weird nostalgia, so we all decided to form a little book club and read the book. I don't think any of us got through it. I think I got through, like, maybe the first two or three hundred pages, and it it was just too much. I couldn't finish it, so, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it as well. Hi, my name is Wen Chan. I use she, her, they, them pronouns. Um, I feel like I don't know too much about Twilight. It's been 
a very long time since I've um, like thought about it actually. I think I've only watched the first movie um, and I might've like fell asleep during that. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about some of the issues though that are very prevalent through these movies and books. Yeah, my experience was um, being given them to read by my grandma when I was young before they got big. So I was very confused as to why my grandma was giving them to me uh, because I thought they were supposed to be like good books. And then I was reading it and I was just generally very confused at like the quality of them. And then suddenly they became like really big and really popular. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's very interesting to talk about because um, I think when media in general is marketed at teen girls, it gets seen as less important and less culturally relevant. I think in general, popular media likes to say that anything that teenage girls likes is of less value or and is inherently inferior, which I think is really important to analyze and look at why the media is seen this way. So for example, you know, oh, teen girls like this band, so it's not good music, it's not this, etc. Um, and I have always had an issue with that. So I think it's important to like look at it from a lens of why is it so popular and why is it so uh, prevalent and yeah I'm just very like even if the books themselves are not super you know well written etc but I don't know I think the films are very like interesting to analyze in that way I haven't seen any of them in a long long time so I don't have much to say about them but what's important for me is uh the rise of Kristen Stewart and how she was so bland and straight in those movies and then her rise to queerness that has been very interesting to me of like yes I'm so happy you uh got so queer so that's kind of like the aspect that I like yeah I love the change in Kristen Stewart as well I really like Kristen Stewart as an actress I think she's like a very well, she seems, I guess, not like I know her, but she seems like a very down to earth person and just like very regular, which I think is cool. And yeah, I super love um, how she's kind of, yeah, like rose into queerness and stuff. And I think part of the issue is that sometimes she's kind of seen as like, oh yeah, like Kristen Stewart and Bella are like, that's like who she is or something. She obviously she has a different personality, but a real issue that I take with Bella, both in the books and in the movies is that she doesn't really have a personality and uh, I was talking to one of my friends about uh, Twilight we were talking about this and they kind of brought up an interesting idea that oh maybe she doesn't have a personality because then she's like almost relatable to everyone like you know you can just kind of put yourself in her shoes in a way because she doesn't really have any strong personality traits besides the fact that she seems to like dislike everything like she hates dancing and she doesn't want to go to the school dance because she's like awkward and weird and she like doesn't like getting older and she doesn't like a lot of things but besides that I find that she like doesn't really have a lot of personality traits throughout the movie yeah I agree with that um one thing that I found really interesting though was um when I was reading Midnight Sun like the entire thing is kind of just Edward kind of takes an interest in her because he can't read her mind, right? Because she doesn't have, like, all these personality traits that you can, like, see very clearly. She's kind of just, like, a blank page that he can just project onto her, like, his feelings and everything. And, like, he makes her out to be this, like, very independent and aloof person who just, like, refuses to ask for help and everything. And I, I guess what kind of surprised me, and 
a lot of my friends thought this as well was just how different she was from his perspective compared to like the rest of the books my friends were saying that they 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 found Bella to actually be a lot more of a fleshed out person when reading Midnight Sun compared to like the other books from her perspective yeah that's super interesting I don't know maybe if because it's like Stephanie Meyer wrote it later maybe she kind of developed a better understanding of like Bella's character but yeah that's cool that she kind of like evolved in some ways I think that's one of the hardest things that I find about like the the books and the movies is that like she's supposed to be the main character but yeah like she's kind of a blank slate a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's that Stephanie Meyer was able to like develop her character or if it was more just you know Edward's perspective and Edward like idol worshiping her and giving her these traits that she may or may not actually have see I think that's such a fascinating concept um as people we kind of do that in terms of putting people on a pedestal and it's almost like the less we know about someone the more we can create our own version of them and like I think that's almost like what naturally as human beings we do like and I can see why that'd be especially appealing to like younger folks that are in school because yeah that seems so like like such a common things that happen is like so many young people like they like the mysterious person or like they like someone because they're mysterious because then you can project your own fantasy onto them as opposed to actually getting to know them as a real person yeah I think that's so true I think yeah I think Mm -hmm. that Bella kind of is like a fantasy for Edward like throughout the books I think you totally do that too and especially like I feel like as teenagers or I remember from when I was like a teenager that was really a common thing like every time I had a crush on somebody it wasn't necessarily someone that I knew already or was friends with but it would be you know a person that I didn't know but it was like oh I don't like know anything about them it's cool like what are they doing I think it's like you can kind of idolize that person from like a from like a safe distance because you don't really know a lot about them and I think it definitely goes both ways too with Bella like projecting all of that onto Edward too so they just have like this relationship where neither of them really know each other but they kind of just like fantasize about the other person so when they actually interact it's kind of extremely awkward yeah in the book you kind of read about it but in the movies I find um I recently rewatched all of them because I wanted my boyfriend to see them <laughs> so I made him sit down and watch all of the Twilight movies with me and re-watching them so many of their interactions are so awkward and I feel like I didn't remember that from like when I had first seen them when I was younger but going back and seeing them yeah there's definitely you get the sense that like the only thing going on for them is like their relationship with each other like they're each defined by their love like for the other person like they're not interacting about like normal stuff like their likes and dislikes their interactions are always about like their intense love for one another so it's yeah I feel like it's a very like surface level relationship a lot of times yeah I think a lot of uh the topics that get brought up in this uh in the in the book like yeah they're defined by their relationships and that when you uh, look into the author of the book, Stephanie Meyer, and you find out she's a member of the Mormon church, a lot of it explains like a lot of the tropes in the book. So the fact that no one is smoking, no one's ever drinking, this emphasis on like no sex before marriage, and you know, this kind of like romanticized idea of what um, a relationship should be as opposed to what we know that relationships actually are as an adult like I feel like it's very much a fantasy that appeals to younger people 
who haven't been in relationships and don't know that relationships are messy and that your life doesn't get all consumed by this relationship but it's a very much like I think this childlike fantasy of you know oh this mysterious person and then my whole life becomes this relationship whereas we know that as adults like that's not what real relationships are like yeah that's so true and I think at times it's like a pretty like dangerous <laughs> like the way that the relationship is depicted can be kind of dangerous to people who are reading it who perhaps have not been in like a serious relationship before or like you know aren't being talked to about like what a serious relationship is because one thing that I find concerning throughout all of the books and movies is that yeah like Bella is fully consumed by this relationship to the point of where like she doesn't really see her other friends and like you know, uh, when she chooses to become a vampire, she's okay with like leaving her mother and father behind and never seeing them again because she's decided that she needs to be with Edward. And um, in New Moon, when Edward uh, breaks up with her because she gets hurt at her birthday party, there's like the, that shot where she's like sitting in a chair wearing the same clothes for like five months and she like doesn't move and she's like so depressed and has like night terrors and all this kind of stuff. And not saying that I think um, people can have those very real emotions after a breakup and that's totally valid, but to depict it that it's almost like she has to feel this way or like as a woman you have to be so brokenhearted by someone leaving you that you can't move on like the only way she's able to like pick up the pieces also is through like her friendship with another male love interest and so it's like she's not able to figure stuff out for herself or heal for herself from when they are broken up which I think is unfortunate because it really makes it about that like your relationship to a boy is like everything and it's the only thing that matters. Well, I think it's very dangerous to attach this idea of like, the more you can't function without someone, the more true Mm -hmm. your love is. Like that's very, very dangerous because like for a relationship to be healthy, you need two individuals that can like exist independently with each other instead of this relationship is the only thing that I'm able to function with. Without this relationship, I can't function. Like if you can't function not being in a relationship with this person, like that means you need to do a lot of work on your own. And that's not a healthy way to exist in the world. Like you need to come to a relationship already being like a healthy contributing person. And this idea that like, you need another person to complete you is very, very dangerous. Or this idea that like, oh, I'm so broken, but a relationship is going to fix me is very, again, very, very harmful, I think. Um, going back to what you had talked about, Rosie, about with um, how kind of Stephanie Meyer being a part of the Mormon community has perhaps influenced a bit of the writing. Another thing that I find interesting about that is when there is discussion of like sex, Bella as like the woman, like she's the one who's like pushing it and she wants to have sex and she's kind of almost kind of the being sinful in that way. And Edward is like the pure guy who's like, no, we need to wait and be married and stuff like that. And I think it's very interesting that like the woman is the one who's like, oh, she's like the bad influence, you know, because she wants to be like sexual and stuff. And I think that's like, almost feels like very like biblical, like Adam and Eve in the garden, you know, it's like the woman who's trying to push like her male partner to do sinful things. I think it's like very interesting that Bella is represented in that way. Yeah, I think with that too, like with a lot of Bella's choices, like when she wants to become a vampire and then Edward's like, no, I'm, I won't allow this because I want you to live your life and I'm doing what's what's good for you, right? Like, again, reading Midnight Sun and just seeing um, Edward's perspective on everything and his entire mentality is like, I'm doing this for your own good. And she doesn't get a say in any of this. He's He's kind of just like, I know better than you. So I will 
it's, you know yeah, what I, I mean? I think it's again the idea that like men know best, like you were saying about the biblical reference, Autumn. It's like women are the temptresses, women are, you know, they're so emotional, they're so <laughs> governed by their emotions and they want to do the wrong thing. But like the man has to step in to be the voice of reason and tell he knows what's best for the woman. So the best thing a woman can do is listen to him because he'll lead her in the right direction. He kind of just treats her like a child, right? And everything that she says to him, he's just like, no, that's unreasonable. And look how silly you are. Look how, how much you're falling down and everything. It's it's just uncomfortable. Yeah, that's really true. I feel like even when she like becomes an adult in like the last little bit, she's like not really treated as one by him. Like he still thinks he has to like make all these choices for her. And again, I think that speaks to kind of how this relationship that's being depicted is a bit toxic because like we were talking about, like you need to be too solid individuals who are both you know like autonomous thinkers and everything I think it's really dangerous if you're depicting a relationship where you know the woman is being treated like a dumb little kid all the time that doesn't know you know like what to do and it's very like yeah like she's very clumsy and like fumbling and stuff like that and he always has to be kind of like saving her and stuff it's very very dangerous depiction I think it's so interesting too that like he's attracted to her because he can't control her he can't read her thoughts but mm -hmm. yet what he wants to do is to then like get closer to her to be in a relationship to then be able to control her and it's kind of like you know this patriarchal attitude to society where it's like this mentality of men being like a woman needs to be like appealing and sexual but not actually have sex but she needs to be like sexual and appealing to me and then I'm going to control her and then she can only have sex with me so it's again this like idea of like uh, women need to be appealing to men, but also, like, submit to them ultimately. And I think with that, too, um, so he can't read her mind. So he starts, like, reading everyone else's mind to see what she's doing, which is incredibly creepy. And he he's, like, legitimately stalking her. He's following her around. He's following people who are, like, in proximity to her so that he can keep an eye on her. Like <laughs> he's watching her sleep, right? Yeah, it's so it, scary. I don't know why that part was like, oh, yeah. like so nice. He likes to watch her sleep. I'm like, that's so terrifying. If you wake up and there's a man watching you sleep in your room, you you don't accept that. You don't date that person. <laughs> yeah, and it's not just once. He like does it every single night because he's like, if I'm not there, like something's gonna happen to her. So he's he's there every single night, and so he's following like these men around her who are also like attracted to her. And then anytime any one of them has like a single thought about her, he like instantly has these violent thoughts towards them. And he it's just him like thinking of killing them. And it's just incredibly scary. And like reading this book, you can't ignore just like the complete creepiness of it. Because I think with Twilight, because you can't see what Edward's actually doing and you can only see everything from like Bella's perspective, it's it's still kind of just like, oh, how how can someone so beautiful and handsome like little old me right but like the obsession that that's actually happening kind of behind the scenes is just scary yeah well that's crazy it makes you see too how um like how 50 shades of gray you can really see how like that was developed from twilight fan fiction because i feel like almost 50 shades of gray is like taking what's already there in twilight and that relationship like to the extreme where like uh, Christian Grey which is like based off Edward is like just super crazy and controlling the entire time <laughs> and I feel like yeah like it almost like that series definitely feeds off of like and amplifies all of those really negative things 
that we see from Twilight and just takes it like to the extreme. I think it's really interesting just how how much of an impact Twilight kind of had. It's like all the all the series and everything that came after that had this kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. All this is making me think of like relationships today with um, like the younger people and how a lot of this is like shown through how people are like stalking their their partners through social media and through other people and how like you can see this in real life actually and it's Mm -hmm. really scary to see how such impactful books and movies like this can like impact youth and people today and how it's like such a big Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah I think like Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey aren't necessarily harmful if they're thought of as fantasies I think like okay Fifty Shades of Grey not being a representation of like an actual BDSM relationship because a lot of after Fifty Shades of Grey came out a lot Mm -hmm. of folks who are in the BDSM community are like BDSM relationships are a lot more about consent and you know this isn't really what an accurate representation of us either Um, but I think like What's interesting about both of them is like Twilight is like a fantasy for younger people and Fifty Shades of Grey is like a fantasy for like middle-aged women. And what I find fascinating about Fifty Shades of Grey is like a lot of middle-aged women like found out more about their sexuality and found out more about BDSM. And for me, I'm like, yeah, if that like helps you figure out what you like, sure, go for it. That's awesome. Like it's your own fantasy. So I think like if it's kept within the realm of fantasy, and it's like a safe way of exploring what you like, that's fine. Same thing with um, Twilight. Like if you, you know, you enjoy this fantasy of like a silly relationship, but you understand that it's a fantasy, it's fine. But I think like, if you're giving this to young people, you really need to explain like, this isn't what a healthy relationship looks like, but it's obviously very appealing to a lot of people. So I think there's also some truth in like, why as women, do we know that we can be independent we can do all these things and yet there's like some fantasy aspect about like a controlled you know way of interacting with men you can indulge in fantasy without it becoming in a reality as long as you are very much aware of this if that makes any sense yeah I think that's so true like I I remember when I was reading the Twilight books and like my mom also read them and then she I remember like sitting me down and being like hey you know that this relationship that's going on in this book is like not healthy and it's not a normal relationship and those kinds of things. And I was like, well, I don't remember like the conversation what my mom does. And she was like, and you looked at me and you were like, duh, mom, I know vampires aren't real either. (laughs) But I don't remember saying that, but apparently that's what I said when I was like 10. Um, But I I think that's like kind of going off what you're saying, that's what's important. Like if like maybe it's a younger person reading this book, it's important for them to have like other other influences of what relationships are you know or, or at least have someone to talk to about like if they're saying like hey is this like what it's really like like yeah of course like I was like oh I wish I could turn into a vampire and live forever and all this stuff but if you mm-hmm. keep it as a fantasy that you're enjoying and you know that there are aspects of it that are unhealthy that's like important it's the same thing with the shades of gray I agree like it's super cool that we had something that was more sexual come to the mainstream it's great that you have a woman who like is enjoying sex and who is being sexual. But then on the flip side of that, I think if you were someone of any age watching that movie and have never been exposed to BDSM before, like I think it's why it's so important that the community spoke out and said, hey, this isn't what it's like. 
So I think then you're preventing people from saying, I want to engage in this kind of stuff. But if like 50 shades of gray is your only reference, you might end up engaging in it in an unhealthy way. Same with like if Twilight's your only reference for what like being in a relationship is, I feel like you could engage in that relationship in an unhealthy way. Yeah, I super agree with what you're saying before, Autumn. I think that was a really good way of tying things together. I really appreciate what you're saying about like diversity of like having different role models and stuff like that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for sharing uh, your thoughts on Twilight. Maybe now we can go around and say our final takeaways. Yeah, well, I had a really great time talking about Twilight and Fifty Shades and all this stuff with my other fellow Adam and Eve contributors. Uh, for my final thoughts, I think, uh, just like Rosie, mentioned that um, books like Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey and the movies, they can be super fun uh, to watch when you're thinking about it as kind of a fantasy, as kind of a fun film you know we all have those we all have those films that are bad in a good way the kind of like guilty pleasures that we all enjoy and I think that's cool um, but like we've been discussing today it's also important to making sure you're having different types mm -hmm. of role models and different types of representation and just knowing that these fantasy relationships that perhaps are idealized um, specifically like Twilight for teenage girls that a relationship is not the be all end all and it's also important to explore what a healthy relationship means to you and also to explore um, being independent and, and building yourself up as well instead of just defining yourself by a relationship. Mm -hmm. For me, like, I forgot about half of this stuff that happened in the book. So it was like super shocking and like really horrible to see this stuff be made in this sense. But like, if we are critical of what we consume and yeah, if we have that accountability to, to these authors to to be pr producing and writing stories that think about these things, that's important. And I'm just looking up on my phone a quote from um, Adrienne Marie Brown um, that like all social justice work is science fiction and we're imagining a world free of injustice, a world that doesn't exist yet. So I think that speaks to like the power that um, fantasy and science fiction media has in imagining what like new possibilities of how the world can function in more just ways. Yeah, I absolutely agree with everything that you you all have said. Um, and I think like, especially with these books that are kind of targeted towards younger audiences, I think there's also kind of like a responsibility for the authors, the directors to kind of also recognize that these relationships are perhaps not the most healthy and then kind of depict that so that it's not romanticizing these relationships. Thanks to our contributors for this episode. I certainly learned a lot about the book. Thinking back to those key moments that mark teenage development in one way or another is important in order to challenge those held notions that were normalized in our culture at that time. Very interesting. That brings us to the end of this week's episode of Adam and Eve, Edmonton's only feminist news program. We produce this week's show in the studios of CJSR FM 88.5 on Treaty 6 territory. We are grateful to be in the traditional territory of the diverse indigenous peoples of this land. We recognize that colonialism is ongoing and violent. We encourage you to reflect on your own relationship further and ask what accountability would look like here in practice for yourself, the communities you're part of, and the larger systems that shape our daily access and opportunities. For more information on our program and to send us any feedback, please contact us on our Facebook page under Adam and Eve or tweet us at Adam and Eve 
all one word. We are always looking for more volunteers to help out, so if you are interested in learning any aspect of radio production, just get in touch. Thank you very much for tuning in. I've been your host, Lucy Fuentes, and uh, have an adamant evening. Thank you.